0: Hello and welcome to Calling All Detectives from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Calling all detectives! A savage killer roams a city, cannot escape the net, but can't be captured either. What happens to such a man when he's hunted like a dangerous animal? That's the situation on this page from my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning, Private Detective. When you read that a private detective like me, Jerry Browning, has captured a dangerous killer, maybe you wonder how we do it. Hurry up with those money bags. Get them onto the car. You in that cage, what are you trembling about? I'm sorry, I... Please don't shoot me. <laughs> Look at that punk. He thinks he's going to die. Well, he's right. Okay, boys, let's go. A bank holdup and a wanton, senseless murder. That's how Stony Galen operated. And now he and his mob had invaded our city. But this time... I sat in the police car with Lieutenant Dawson at the roadblock. Jerry, how can you be sure they'll take this road? Because I think Stoney's headquarters is someplace west of here, which means he must take this road. The car approaching was coming at top speed. Didn't slow down as it neared the roadblock. Here they come! The getaway car slewed around and headed back the way it had come, though not before it was whacked end-to-end by machine gun fire. Then... The chase was a brief one. Only minutes later, the getaway car went over an embankment, came to rest on its side. When we got to it, there were two dead bandits inside, two more dying. But the gang leader Stony Galen had somehow survived and escaped. Although we intercepted and smashed a bank holdup and murder gang, its leader Stony Galen managed to escape. Attention all cars, Stony Galen getaway car, wrecked on Route 27A, three miles east of Barricade 9, Galen has escaped. By nightfall, Stoney was still uncaptured. The wreck had occurred in a wooded section of country well within city limits. Stoney was at large, but he was bottled up, and now the net slowly began to close. Dawson speaking. Yes, keep search parties going all night if necessary. Jerry Browning speaking. What's the address? 1518 Hawthorne. Hold the wire. Hey, Dawson, suspicious character seen going into 1518 Hawthorne. I know the house. Small-time crooks use it as a hideout. We'll pull an immediate raid. Anybody who shelters Garen will be held as an accessory to murder. <laughs> into the patrol wagons, boys. We're after Stoney Galen. And if we find him here, you'll all take the same rap together. They have a from Brownie. Stoney's hunting the 10 cent pistol. Nobody'll hide him out. He's a mad dog. Three days later, we still hadn't found Stoney Galen, but we had plenty of evidence that he was inside the city. The series of raids Dawson kept staging on every known hideout of crooks had the underworld seething, ensured that nobody would dare help the killer. The first real evidence of Stoney's presence came when he broke into a grocery store, wounded an elderly man, fired several shots wildly about, before escaping with an armload of food and about $18. The old man told us, he looked like a crazy man, clothes all torn, face dirty, unshaved. We didn't get Stoney that time, or the next time either, when he held up a garage and tried to steal a car. But that time... I ain't afraid of no cheap crook with a gun. I took the gun away from him and beat his ears off before he got away from me. That was Galen. You mean Stoney Galen? And I'm still alive? Yes, the mechanic was still alive. Because Stoney Galen tried to stage a holdup with an empty gun. He was out of ammunition. And still the net kept drawing tighter. We found the remains of one small campfire in a gully, another beneath a railway bridge, a third in a tangled ravine near the river's edge. One by one, all possible hiding places were being ferreted out and closed off. I stopped my car on Route 27A at about the point where Galen's men were wrecked. I got out, walked over to the embankment, scrambled down the hill. Almost immediately, I found myself hidden from the road by trees. I looked around. To the right, the forest seemed denser, so I headed that way. I was testing out a theory. Stoney had been at large now for 15 days, during the last five of which he'd been unreported either in the city proper or out in the open. There was no possibility of his breaking through the net. We were all certain of that. But then, where was he? I believed he was someplace in this patch of woods that, like some hard-pressed animal, he'd return to the terrain that first sheltered him. Now I was trying to project myself into the mind of a desperate hunted man. I stopped to look back along the way I'd come. I could have been a thousand miles from the heart of a city instead of a body. Trying to project myself into the mind of a desperate hunted man. I stopped to look back along the way I'd come. I could have been a thousand miles from the heart of a city instead of about eight. I started walking again, always heading for the thickest part of the forest. Then I found a lead, a torn bit of cloth dangling from a low branch. I looked down, noticed a faint beaten path in the undergrowth. I followed it for about a quarter of a mile. It ended abruptly against a small hill. I was just about to turn back, but I noticed the cave opening. Leaves and branches were piled against it, but one branch had slipped down, revealing the aperture. I walked up to the cave mouth. I know you're in there, Galen. Come on out. There was no reply. I waited a few moments, then, come on out, Galen, or I'm coming in after you. The thing that came out of the cave had once been a man. Now it was some shambling, monstrous creature, a caricature of humanity, cut and torn, bearded and blank-eyed and making incoherent noises in its throat. Stony Galen, after 15 days of being hunted. I walked up to him. Come on, Stoney. Let's get out of the woods. And that's how Stony Galen was taken. Not very heroic, is it? There was a revolver in his pocket. He'd stolen it from a farmhouse, but he never tried to use it because there was no more fight left in it. That's what it does to a man to be relentlessly tracked down, harried and hounded, until finally he becomes a mindless animal creature. Like I said, when a killer is finally taken, it isn't how dangerous he used to be that's important, but what's happened to him since the time human society marked him as an outcast. Listen next time to Calling All Detectives. Mystery drama, mystery quiz, and a chance for you to match wits with yours truly, Jerry Browning, Private Detective.